Welcome to Mamas on a Mission. This is Season 2, Episode 9. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I'm Holly, the Chief Member of Motherhood Melbourne, host of this podcast, Mamas on a Mission and co-founder of Facing Motherhood. I love connecting Melbourne mums by sharing inspiring and interesting stories of local mamas. I am super excited to introduce my latest guest because not only is she a lovely lady, smart and savvy, but someone I'm proud to call a friend and a biz buddy. Marie Cunico has worked in the beauty industry for 15 years. Her years of experience and study have led her to becoming a skincare formulator, and she is the beauty behind Facing Motherhood, natural skincare for tired, sore, and busy mums. Yes, we do own Facing Motherhood together, but Marie is incredibly knowledgeable and experienced in helping mums make the switch to natural skincare and understand what the heck we're actually putting on our skin. Have you ever picked up a product and been confused by the ingredients? Have you bought a product because you were wowed by the packaging and hype only to be disappointed? Or do you feel like now that you're a mum, skincare has gone out the window because you're too busy to squeeze it in? Then hold on to your coffee, mama, because this is the episode for you. Marie shares some ingredients to steer clear of and why. She chats about skincare marketing and its lack of understanding and inclusion of mums. Yep, we don't want to be plonked into the anti-aging category. Not old people, we're just tired. And we talk about postpartum discomfort and how Marie's personal experience led to the creation of a collection that gives mums natural care for down there. Marie is on a mission to help tired, sore and busy mums feel themselves again with natural skincare. Marie starts off by sharing where her obsession with beauty started and how it led to her becoming a skincare formulator. Let's meet Marie. I would sneak into the ensuite and I can still smell, uh, you know, all the pretty things that she had in there. And I would open up the vanity cupboard and it was like, you know, when you watch those movies and it's like this, um, they have a, a divine moment where the light um, shines down on something and, you know, there's like harps and music in the background and like a choir um, going, oh, you know, over something. and. That was that was like what I would experience when I was in the ensuite and looking at all of the products that she had in there. And there are a few that I remember and one really sticks out in my mind because of the experience I had with the product. Um, it was a brand called Apri and it was an apricot scrub. So if you can think of, you know, even the scrubs um, now, like or even say St Ives, that real hard, granuly apricot, um, you know, shell crushed into little granules into a cream. So, of course, four-year-old, we don't know what to do with skincare, but I'm like, I'm going to test this tube out. It was a pretty peach colour and I squirted it every all over my hands and I remember looking at it going, what are these things? What are these hard granules? Like, what is my mum using? This is so weird. But the smell was... <laughs> so inviting and almost like you could eat it but yeah I, I don't think I ever did because um, who knows what was in that I think it was like you know 1980 something um, god knows what they put in those products but anyway uh, so I actually started to put it on my face because I just thought well it's like face cream and I remember the burning sensation and that rough feel 
on my face. I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? I'm going to get into so much trouble. And I was just like, oh no, oh no. And I do remember, like I did wash it off and I had to climb um, into one of the drawers on the vanity to get up to the, you know, the actual basin and start you know, making a mess to try and get this scrub off because what was this thing? I would get into so much mischief. I mean, there were so many other products as well. She was using um, oil of uh, Ulan, it was, which now is Olay. But it still has that same smell as well. And I can still, you know, sense actually, um, you know, they recreate that memory and they take you back to a certain time. So when I smell certain things, you know, it takes me back to being a four-year-old up to no good in um, the the on suite of yeah, mum and dad's on suite. Like, oh my goodness, I can still yeah, I can still remember those times, which is really interesting. But I think that's where it sort of all started. You know, I suppose when you grow up as well, you know, your direction changes as you get older. And I didn't really think as beauty um, and makeup being something that I would actually pursue as a career, because you don't really. Well, for me, I didn't really think of that being a career. It was just something glamorous, like an industry to be in. But I didn't think that was where you could make money. And I know that sounds really ridiculous. But anyway, so, you know, my first official job, I was actually a skincare and fragrance consultant um, through Meyer and uh, David Jones. And I was about, I think I just turned 17 at that stage. And um, that was like my ultimate dream, like, I wanted to work at those department stores because everything was so glossy and the lighting was beautiful in there. And, you know, every time you walk through those departments, the smell is intoxicating. (laughs) Oh yeah. So yeah, just everything was so beautiful about it. I had to be one of those, um, you know, women working behind those glass uh, counters because I just thought that was the ultimate dream when it came to beauty and that's where you wanted to um, be. When you actually start working at Myron DJs, you have to go through intense training when you're working at one of the counters. And sometimes you put at several different counters, like you relieve different people. Um, say, you know, if it's Dior or Chanel or Estee Lauder. So you have to learn every single thing about all the products they're selling, of course. Otherwise, if someone comes to you and asks me a question and you've got no idea what the product's about, well, how are you going to sell it? And because I've always been curious, I needed to know the reason why they were telling something something like about a product. So, for example, you know, a face cream, and they'd say, oh, you know, this is like an anti-aging. Um, so if someone's, you know, looking for minimizing their wrinkles or you know things like that you know this is the product that you have to sell them but I needed to know why so but why would they buy that product and what's the the ingredient that is going to help them with those concerns that they have as well for me I found my curiosity it just helped me grow in, in that area. So I've become really knowledgeable over the years and I always had this dream. I'm like, well, how do they make the product? Like how, do, how does it get to that stage? I suppose, you know, I had always in the back of my head that 
I'm going to make these products one day and I'm going to sell these products one day. But I thought working in my own DJs that that would give me the opportunity to actually start making products. You know, you're naive when you're a teenager like that. You're like, oh, if I work at Maya, they're going to let me make products and, you know, sell them for, um, you know, Estee Lauder and things like that. You've got no idea that they've got chemists behind the brand. Yeah, but then I thought, okay, so how else can I get into more of this creation of a product and finding out, you know, what's behind a product and I thought, oh, maybe if I do a course in something like a makeup course and a skincare course, that maybe that would help me. So again, you know, so I, I did a course, a diploma in makeup um, and skincare and went through that course for um, a good year full time. But as the years went on, so I did makeup for a long time, but as I think I, I was probably about uh, heading towards 19, I think, and I started researching because we had the internet at home. We were so lucky we had the internet at home. <laughs> I wanted to research, okay, how can I make products? And, you know, so I did start researching and there was actually a place and they were actually running short courses in natural skincare making. And I thought, wow, oh, so there is such a thing. There's like a course for this, you know. So I started thinking seriously about this. I'm like, okay, I'm going to book in and do this short course on how to make soap and all these other wonderful things. So booked myself in. I did the course. And the first two things that we, we learned that the first day was how to make a soap and how to make a body scrub. And it was a specific body scrub it was a coffee scrub now think about it this is back in 2002 2003 year now um 2019 there are coffee scrubs everywhere and if i think about it if um you know if i had the tools back then there was the knowledge back then to run with the body scrub the coffee body scrub man i would be a billionaire right now anyway that's okay um yeah and i actually yeah i found that really fascinating as well and it's not until later in life that you realize oh wow i could have actually ran with this idea or she could have ran with that idea and maybe she did i don't know i didn't keep in touch with her anyway so yes uh so it's, it's for me, it was all about the nitty gritty of getting down to, you know, how things are made. And anyway, I really enjoyed that course. So that went on for quite a while. And we learned other things as well, you know, how to make a lip balm, how to make a face cream, a body cream, all those sorts of things. And I would take it back home, all of my knowledge. I would start ordering ingredients from, you know, the suppliers that she gave us. And I would start baking in mum and dad's kitchen. And I do remember when I was, you know, making these things, mum was like, oh, what are you doing in my kitchen? What is this stuff? You have these bottles and, uh, you know, little jars and big containers of, you know, goodness knows what's, you know, what's in there. She's like, what are you putting on my kitchen bench? I'm like, oh, don't worry, I'm making like this, you know, really awesome cream. Like, do you want to try it? She's like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> she didn't trust me. She does now, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, I remember, I don't think she really took me that seriously. And when I would finish, you know, making some creams, for example, on the kitchen bench, she would then wait till I'd disappeared, you know, and got distracted as you do. 
and she would put it all in a box and she would actually put it away. And I think it was like in a, in a space in the laundry where she'd just like put it down, you know, the back of um, one of the linen cupboards and to not to try and make me forget she wouldn't do that but she was like what is she doing like can she just get it out of my kitchen seriously I've got so many other things I don't need to do in here and this is just mess you know she didn't take it seriously but I did and um anyway yes so she would put those things away and I'd come back you know the next day and go oh hey um I had some soap setting on the you know kitchen bench where is that and she's like soap what soap I'm like you know I'm making stuff yeah and um yeah so she said oh I've I've put it away somewhere I I can't remember I'm like oh okay I really need to get that out because I need to see if it's worked and she would just look at me blankly like what what are you talking about what do you mean I'm like well I need to know if the soap actually works she's like so you actually made soap yes I did actually made soap can I get that back now and she's like oh yeah okay and she'd bring it all out again she's like how long are you gonna be I'm like I don't know (laughs) like do you need the kitchen as well and She's like, oh, that's okay. I'll leave you to it for now. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, so I would make all sorts of things. Eventually, eventually she was game enough to try some of my um, concoctions. And she did say that there was a soap that I made that she absolutely loved. And she would actually say to me, you know what? Good job with that. Um, I'm not going to buy the stuff from the supermarket anymore this is actually really nice. And this is leaving my skin really nice. Like what's in it? And you know, I'd go through, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're really interested in um, how it's made. And she's like, yeah, of course, you know, I'm going to support you. you. You've actually got a bit of a talent here. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, you know. Um, and I'd go through it and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can tell you, you know, there's shea butter in there and, you know, cocoa butter and, and this and this. And um, so anyway, so that was really good. And I'm glad that she supported me with that. Oh, well, you've had such a interesting background and it's great to see that sort of like progression from your interest as a child and then, you know, what's in the actual product, caring about the ingredients and going, oh, I can actually make skincare and there's somewhere out there where I can learn about it. So I'd love to know now, so you're a skincare formulator, you've gone through that process and you've worked out all the kinks of, um, you know, how to create different products. So I'd love to know then about your mission with Facing Motherhood. So can you explain to everyone first what it is, how did it start and why natural skincare specifically? Yes, well, Facing Motherhood is self-care goodies for mamas only um and you know when we mean goodies we mean skincare and it's just for mums and yes this is very interesting uh holly <laughs> uh, my <laughs> partner in crime there yes um if someone... i hear she's amazing <laughs> <laughs> yes she is it's really interesting though you know I think if we both think about it, if someone said to us, um, oh, you know, you're going to actually create a skincare brand with someone that you met on the internet, um, (laughs) I would go, yeah, right. Okay, I can barely know how to use my phone, but yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was, well, you know, long story short, basically, um, you put out a shout out uh, through your community on uh, Instagram that, you know, Hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, if anyone wants to catch up and if you need to get out of the house and let the kids, you know, run wild, I, you know, I head to the zoo and I remember watching that story and going, 
oh my goodness, I actually go to the zoo too. This is crazy. Oh, okay. You know, I think she lives like literally down the road. This is, you know, insane. I'm like, yeah, hey, I'm going to come and meet with you. And she's like, yeah, okay, great. You know, that's really good. And so we did. And we realized that our kids are actually, you know, born the same year. Um, our eldest are only not even a week apart. And yeah, so we started hanging out and we got along really well and the kids absolutely got along really well, uh, which is always really, uh, you know, helpful. But, um, yeah, so, you know, after meeting and getting along and uh, we both had completely different industries, but there was one time when I was home after, you know, we had caught up and I received a DM from Holly. And she's like, hey, I have this uh, crazy or maybe not so crazy idea. Um, like, j just run with it. Just hear me out. You know, I was thinking, you know, about skincare, but for mums. And, well, I was like, ah, yeah, hell yeah, I I'm there. I'm on board. Uh, yes, this is, you know, not a crazy idea at all. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really great because it came at the right time as well. I think we were both feeling the same thing. We were going through the same thing, uh, you know, in motherhood with both the kids. You had just had um, your second, uh, I think he was, you know, probably six months or maybe younger actually. And um, I was pregnant at the time with my second. But, yeah, and I wanted to have a little bit of a more serious change in direction when it came to being a formulator because I thought there's got to be something else. And I remember actually we were having a chat um, that um, I said, oh, you know, I really want to find a niche in the market when it comes to skincare. I can't quite figure it out, but I know there's got to be something out there. And especially, you know, when it came to creating the brand, we were like, we just need, you know, skincare or something like self-care for mums, for ourselves, you know, there's nothing out there for us. And it's always sort of targeted in categories as well, I find. But, um, yeah, I think when you're a mum, you do become more aware as well of what you're using. And when you're pregnant, I think that's when it sort of starts as well. You're like, I am growing a life and I need to make sure that I'm giving you know, my baby, um, the best chance and you want to protect it and your instincts really kick in. So you do become aware of what you're actually not just eating because you're told to, you know, steer away from so many things, but also what you're using. And I think as well for myself, sort of going a little bit off track, but I've had a few uh, hormone issues and I have fibroids. And, you know, they're linked, you know, hormones are um, imbalanced and what you use and what you eat as well plays such a huge, you know, part um, of that. So, yeah, um, it, yeah, I suppose, um, you know, making sure that, well, you know, everyone is so educated these days as well and everything's at their fingertips, you know, they can research so much on their own, but I think you become really overwhelmed with what you can and can't use or what you, you know, you should use, what you shouldn't use. 
And I suppose with facing motherhood, we just really want to simplify everything for mums. We want to make it easy for them. You know, like I said, everything is like resources are at our fingertips. You know, if you've got a question about something, you ask Google. But Google isn't always right, yeah. But if there can be somewhere, not just, I'm not even just talking about skincare and selling a product to someone. I'm talking about educating, um, the, you know, our mums and other women as well, educating them on what is good and bad for them in a way and what they can and can't use, you know, because um, we just want it clear in black and white we don't want to have to go through hours on end researching them becoming so overwhelmed again and going so what can I use what can't I use you know or what's going to help me feel um you know uh more of a human and less of a sleep deprived <laughs> as well so that's how it all came about um yeah very interesting story about how you met that lovely lady <laughs> I know. Uh, and you do, you create the most beautiful products. And okay. So now we're talking about, this is what you were touching on is about the confusion that's out there because there's just so much information. Now talking to you, you're a skincare formulator. So you just have that, you know, expert knowledge that normal people don't have. So when they're picking up these products and they're looking at the ingredients list, it's like, well, I don't even know what these words mean. So, you know, it's really hard. There's so much confusion about like, what's good for me? What should I stay away from? You know, it says it's natural and organic. Does that mean it's good? So are there any tips then on how we can become better educated about this? So when we're picking products either for ourselves or for our kids, and I like that point that you said that, you know, you start to think about your body when you're pregnant because you're carrying a baby. But then sometimes like, you know, the baby comes out and we buy all these beautiful natural organic stuff for our baby and we still use crap on ourselves. It's like we don't think we're worthy. It was only, you know, when the baby was in there. But anyway, sorry. But how can we become better educated so that we can start, you know, picking great products with great ingredients that aren't harmful for ourselves as the mum, you know, the one who needs to actually be in tip-top shape for everyone else? And do you have any um, suggestions around some ingredients we should avoid and why? Because that's starting to come to light now as well. Yes, well... You know, look, like I said before, Google can be helpful, but I have something better than Google. And the one thing that we're, well, I'm really passionate about when it comes to facing motherhood, I actually, and we actually offer so much information and helpful information to our mums. And I have a bit of a segment, I like to call it, uh, called Tips <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> So if you're free on a Tuesday and you'd like to listen in, I, you know, share so many wonderful things on there. But, there, yeah, I, I think that it is uh, more accurate information that I share on there uh, for mums. But I suppose even if you're not a mum and you're a woman that is interested, you know, come on over and listen to me yak on about the good, the bad, um, of all things uh, skincare. And it's not just, it, I need to clarify actually, it, um, the information that I offer, it's not just about the products that we offer our mums. It's about a whole range of products or ingredients. And I think education uh, is key because, you know, knowledge is power, yeah. And I want everyone to be educated and knowledgeable 
uh, it's almost like, um, you know, I want to teach everyone, uh, you know, certain things when it comes to ingredients or skincare products. So then they have the knowledge as well when they're on their own uh, in the big, you know, department stores or, you know, even the supermarket, you know, choosing some products, they know what to avoid. And it does become really overwhelming because you can look at a certain product and it might say made with natural ingredients or made with organic ingredients and you'll take that as okay cool so it's completely natural and completely organic so it's fine to use but what we don't understand is that unless we know certain ingredients to steer clear of uh we're just going well you know we're putting our trust and faith in that brand and sometimes it is a little bit misleading like the whole greenwashing at the moment as well so to make it easier, I share all those things uh, with mums. But also, I suppose I could probably help right now, actually, even just two things, uh, two ingredients that people can find, you know, when they're shopping on their own, uh, even though if the product says made with natural ingredients, yes, it's probably true that it is made with natural ingredients, but it might not be 100% natural. And I suppose the thing to be aware of is actually the preservative uh, because preservatives, believe it or not, they're actually the bad guys. So it's sometimes not actually the ingredients itself. So it could have beautiful natural ingredients in there like shea butter or, uh, you know, grapeseed oil or something like that, you know, rosehip oil. But it's the ingredients to preserve that product to make sure that they're going to, you know, go the distance and, it's important to have a preservative in a product, you know, because you don't want it to have, uh, you know, mould and uh, all sorts of things, you know, nasty things growing in there. But parabens, parabens are a big one. And it's actually, you know, there's a lot of products now, I suppose, that do say it's paraben free, but there's still a lot that do contain the parabens. And you might say, well, okay, but how do I know if it has it in there? Well, actually, parabens is really easy to spot because it actually has the word paraben in there. So first up, you know, turn the bottle around, look at the ingredients, and if you feel or can see that, okay, hang on a minute, that says uh, methylparaben or butylparaben, paraben is the dead giveaway. Okay, so you need to get, you know, steer clear of that because that preservative there is actually, the studies have shown that it is known to be a hormone disruptor. And if, especially, you know, say during pregnancy and after pregnancy, our hormones are all over the place. And it's like you're adding fuel to the fire, you know, more or less. So you want to try and keep away from those things. But also, not just that, they can actually cause so many other issues uh, with our skin as well. Like some people are really sensitive and sometimes they think it might be the natural ingredient that they're allergic to. Like I know I've had clients say to me before, oh, I can't use a lavender essential oil because I come out in a rash. And I think, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, you wouldn't normally, but okay, maybe it's the way you've used it or maybe... It wasn't actually the lavender oil, for example. It was actually the preservative system in there because those preservatives are so harsh. And, yeah, for some people, they will it, – it'll flare up things like eczema. Um, you know, and even uh, if you have asthma, you don't realise it, but it will flare it up. And you're probably thinking, well, I haven't changed anything. Um, but, 
yeah, it's, it could be something as simple as a preservative in there, a nasty ingredient. And also phenoxyethanol. It's sort of a part of that paraben group, but phenoxyethanol is another preservative and it is widely used. And it, it does come down to price as well for um, brands. And I completely get that. I understand that. Uh, it is said if you're using phenoxyethanol at 1% or less, it's not going to cause, um, you know, any skin concerns or health issues but again uh some studies have shown that actually well it does again um mimic uh you know estrogen or uh you know disrupts your hormones uh all sorts of other skin allergies as well uh so yeah so i would say the easiest two to pick up on are, are those two are those two so um, keep an eye out for those and steer clear of them because they're not great for you. No, no. And would they come under different names? No, they're actually No, they have to be listed. Exactly. Okay, yeah. And yes. I mean, we won't name names, but they're very popular brands <laughs> that are using those, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. There are. And Cold it's really products. Shocking. Yeah. Yes. And, and, yeah, again, like you said, we're not going to name any names, but some of them happen to be uh, so-called natural skincare brands as well Hmm. um it was quite get quite shocking actually a few months ago i did buy something online um hair care related nothing you know skincare or anything like that and i received a little sample and i was like oh this looks really cool and oh yeah i've heard about this brand and oh you know i should try it and so i just i did i just put it on my face and then i was reading the ingredients later and went oh there's formaldehyde in here and I'm like, people are still using this stuff. This is this is bad, you know. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, I suppose, you know, uh, marketing of places, yeah. you know, brands as well, plays yeah. a big part. And people just not knowing, like we just don't know that information. So they need to tune into Ch- Tips Tuesday, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Tips Tuesday. Yes. (laughs) I do love it. I have to say for anyone who doesn't know anything about skincare, if you watch Tips Tuesday, you'll just be like, oh my gosh, I feel like, you know, I'm such a skincare geek now. I know everything. (laughs) I love it. I'm like, what is she going to say this week? (laughs) It's really interesting as well, though, because sometimes I talk about things. I'm like, oh, people know about this stuff, but actually they don't. But yeah, the response from it is pretty um, incredible. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Great. Um, so thank you for sharing that. So let's talk then, because you were getting onto that a bit about marketing. Okay. Because that's the thing, like yes. when we're not educated about skincare, sometimes we're just won over by, you know, the razzle dazzle of the marketing, but when it comes to women and skincare marketing, so what are your thoughts about the way I guess skincare is marketed towards women? And then for you, how is facing motherhood approaching this with mums? Because, you know, they're a different breed of, I guess, vulnerability when it comes to marketing and their looks and things like that. Yeah, I've always found over the years being in the industry, I feel like we're all categorised. So, and it's literally like that. So if you were to pick up a magazine and it would say, oh, you know, find your um, skin type or, you know, what to do at um, 20, um, how to look at 40, you know, and I feel that we are categorised. So say teenagers, it'll give you a category. Teen to 20, you know, how to tackle acne and breakouts. And then you go, you know, 
20 plus, oh, how to get that glow. And then 30 plus, it's like, oh, you should really start looking after your skin because, oh, you're looking a little bit uh, wrinkly now. And then 40 plus, it's like, oh, you're over the hill. You know, you need a whole transformation in your skin. And that's so awful. I just think that's awful because what if, um, you know, say, uh, well, not even just a mum, but just a woman who's, you know, in her say 30s or 40s experiencing what they feel is uh, a teenage hormonal you know breakouts all the time so when they're looking for products it's like well am I supposed to go to the acne range but I'm not 13 so clearly you know there there's something going on there's something wrong with our marketing why do we have so much pressure that we need to be in a category so if you are uh, 35 plus and you're experiencing hormonal breakouts, uh, there is nothing on offer for you. And if there is, it's like, well, you've got to go down to the, the aisle with the 13 year olds and, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit sad, but even I think with social media these days as well, everything is so filtered and glossy and, you know, speaking from my perspective as a mum, some of that doesn't really appeal to me and I, it's not relatable to me at all. Um, the glossiness, uh, you know, it sometimes actually makes you feel like, yeah, shit, if I can say that. <laughs> well, I just You can did. say that. Um, I'll put the explicit you know, on. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Marie, it's taught you well. Uh, yeah, so, so I just, yeah, I, I sort of feel like, even the way that brands use, you know, influencers as well, um, if they're trying to target, say, mums, well, that's probably a bad way to go about it because they are airbrushed and it depends what state you're in as a person as well. It can make you, yeah, it can make you really feel like shit. And, you know, we don't want to do that when it comes to, you know, our um, I suppose, you know, say marketing, but the way we cater for our mums, we don't want to do that. We want to be relatable. Yeah. There's no, um, or yeah, I don't think there are any brands out there that really cater for mums, but actually that mums feel relatable as well. And we always want to be relatable. I always want to be transparent in the brand and make sure that the other mum doesn't feel like she's inadequate. Like, it's great to feel good about yourself and to look a certain way if that's what you want. Of course, go for it, yeah? You know, like, if you want that glossy, glowy, airbrushed look, I'm not saying that you can't. Like, go for it. That's okay, but we shouldn't feel like we need to look like that. Um, not that it's not achievable these days. Everything's achievable, isn't it? You know, we've got uh, Botox at our fingertips and the plastic surgery and all, all the rest of it, but... I think it's really harsh that we just feel like we're in a category all the time and can't we just feel like us? But, you know, just because we're a mum doesn't mean that we're any less of a person or, yeah, and yeah. Um, we're really conscious about that. And I suppose that's why when it comes to the Facing Motherhood brand, you know, we want to make sure that if, we, you know, um, we've had a photo shoot done and, we were in the photos 
because we want other mums to go, hey, look at us too. We are the same. We're experiencing the same things as you. We get it, you know. We are exhausted. Um, sometimes we feel like shit, but we're here to sort of help you feel less of that, you know, yeah. and, and we want to be relatable all the time and that's a key thing. Yeah. And it's hard. Like when you look at, um, you know, I mean, let's talk about Instagram, you go onto a skincare page, you can tell that the focus is youth and looking younger. And then I don't know why, but why do we have to see their asses? Like, why are there just bum cheeks everywhere? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to look at bum cheeks. And then you look at it and you go, I, I don't think that is achievable for me because you know what? I'm not 20 anymore. My ass does not look like that. And you know what I mean? Like just all this, the way that it's marketed, it's like it makes you feel like we need to turn back the clock and be 20 years younger. It's like, no, I, like I'm a mum. I've totally accepted my age. I'm happy with it. I just kind of want to look like me, but awake. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And to be honest, I'm getting sick and tired of other brands not sort of jumping on board with the whole, yeah, why does, why does that um, woman have to bear all of her skin to make, uh, say, you know, the other side of the fence feel that that's how they should be as well? With everything, like it's got to come a long way. I feel like fashion's come a long way with how the, you know, women are represented, but now like it's time to sort of shake up that skincare industry as well. So the other thing that I want to talk about, because with Facing Motherhood, it's not just skincare. There's some body care goodies that you've got. So you've got a collection of goodies that help with postpartum discomfort. So let's talk about that because that's very unique. And so what's your experience with birth and postpartum discomfort or healing? And how did this inspire the range? Yes. So I've actually had two cesareans. But prior to that, I actually did have other operations as well to do with my fibroids where I had them removed. And the operation was very similar to having a cesarean. So they had to, you know, cut me open and cut through the uterus and things like that. So I felt like I had a little bit of a, um, yeah, a a bit of a first time experience, but without giving birth back then, but it was very similar. So And because everything's at my fingertips, like ingredients and, you know, because I'm a formulator, I can make everything to make myself, you know, feel better um, and make the healing process a bit easier. When it came to, uh, you know, having my kids, because I had a cesarean, I knew what to look out for and, and how to heal myself in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I find, you know, all your, birthing experiences are different and for me um my first one I don't want to say it was um traumatic but the healing process was a long long process and it probably took me longer than normal and that's because I had two operations um at the same time which they wouldn't normally perform when you have a cesarean but it was pretty much life and death for me um so yeah anyway and um but I knew straight away, I'm like, okay, this is all right. I can get through this because when I'm released from hospital, I know all of the things that I can use on my body to get it, you know, feeling um, better. Uh, and so, you know, when I did get home, I knew what I could reach to uh, to make myself feel more comfortable and I suppose in a way, for me, I just, I automatically think that everyone knows all of these these things as well um, and how to make themselves feel comfortable. 
so it was easy for me. I, you know, I have a, a massive room filled with all sorts of lotions and potions and ingredients that I can go to and just, uh, you know, stir in my big cauldron, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> and prepare for myself. But there's actually not a lot of those products out there for mums. And there are a few brands working towards that, but I think with uh, my own experience when it came to, you know, having a cesarean, I knew that this is, this is actually tough. And there are other women out here just like me who have had a cesarean and I sort of felt like they, they must be struggling too. And this is painful stuff. Like this is excruciating. Uh, you know, I couldn't walk properly for a good couple of weeks, but you know, maybe that's because I had another operation at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I thought, well, how, how can I help mums? How can I help other people, um, feel less uncomfortable? And, and so I suppose, yeah, that particular range, uh, in facing motherhood, our postpartum range, um, yeah, that was really inspired by my own experience and making sure that the ingredients that are in there as well are actually suitable for postpartum uh, because you have to pretty much you, you have to guide yourself when you're looking for things to heal yourself as well you know um, yeah and and I just want to create products that mums feel comfortable reaching for as well um yeah i i feel like yeah it, it it makes me um makes me a bit emotional actually because you are sometimes you know you, you feel like you've had this baby and um you are a bit stuck you don't sometimes know where to reach for help and i just want to make that journey that postpartum recovery journey a bit easier for mums and knowing what they they can and can't use and yeah they they don't need to feel scared either um in their recovery and they don't have to suffer through any pain either and yeah they don't have to suffer alone like you know i want to create that brand that if they feel um you know that they can actually come to and question, uh, hey, is this okay to use? Uh, you know, I've just had a baby and I don't know, you know, how to deal with this. And I'll say, hey, you know what? Okay, use this one and use this product and stay away from this. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what I hope that they feel, that our mums feel that they can come to us. Yeah, because um, yeah. there's, there's not a lot out there. Like even I remember going to my doctor, especially the second birth, I found that recovery like the worst. And I was like, I'm just not feeling right down there. Like, it's so sore. Is there anything? And then going to the chemist, is there anything? And they're like, oh, here's some Epsom salts. And that was it. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, come on. Like, how how, how have we got, like, all this medicine, like, all of this, you know, we're in 21st century and there's just nothing there for a woman who's, you know, and like you said, it's that sort of perception, like, you've had your baby, you should be grateful. Like, you know, yes, it was rough, but you'll heal eventually. It's like, no, I've got someone to look after. I actually have to look after myself now. And I feel like as well, when you do try and seek help to heal yourself, it's more or less like, well, you know, there are 
millions of women having babies every day. Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're fine. They got through it. So you just need to toughen up and <sighs> get on with it. And I'm like, no, actually, I can't. Yeah. I'm actually struggling here. Um, yeah. And yeah, you'd ask the doctor as well, you know, what can I use? Oh, you just have to keep it dry and clean. Dry yeah. and clean, but that doesn't help my pain. I'll take yeah. some Panadol. I'm like, well, no, that doesn't help me either, actually. I need something. And I, like I said before, I'm lucky that I've had the knowledge behind me mm. that I could go to my wardrobes, um, you know, of um, ingredients and, and pull them out and go, right, you know, I'm feeling really sore and yeah. itchy. And I've had a bad reaction. Um, from the surgical tape and they were new they were, yeah they were actually new steri strips that they used on me that are supposed to be great for sensitive skin well I actually blistered <gasps> yeah so the um, milk mama that we have um, at facing motherhood I actually used um, very similar ingredients and applied that to those blisters when I got home because I'm like, okay, I need to research what is going to be good. So I go to my book of, um, you know, ingredients and, you know, yeah, what's, what's going to heal this and what's going to heal the blister. What's going to make the pain go away, the redness go away, the itchiness. And I was lucky that I could do that. Whereas when I went to the doctor, they're like, yeah, just try and keep it dry and clean. And eventually it will just cross over and, you know, and you'll be fine. But I'm like, no, I yeah. need something now. I need the relief. And yeah. there's a wall dedicated when you go to, uh, you know, say your chemist or, uh, you know, department store looking for something and it's dedicated to everything else. But it's not dedicated to, you know, even a section for postpartum. I'm healing. I know. It's yeah. so bizarre. Like so many, you know, half the population <laughs> are women yeah. and having babies. Exactly. Like, yeah. Why have we forgotten is because, you know, we're supposed to have this baby and then, okay, right, you know, toughen up. Uh, yeah. Now move on. and you Move on. Don't worry about your hemorrhoids or. Yeah, don't worry about. <laughs> your swollen beds. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, that's good. That's fantastic that, you know, like from your experience that now you're you're going on to help other mums and hopefully if anyone's listening and knows someone who's sitting there in pain tell them that there are postpartum products out there that can help them you don't need to suffer okay? no no <laughs> you don't need to suffer no there's no heroes in motherhood so don't do that oh so it's been great to hear all about facing motherhood so i thought we would talk now about more specifically your motherhood experience because you are the mum of two young gorgeous girls and I'm sure that one day like I don't know somehow we'll be in laws we'll be related it would be good and because I have two boys (laughs) perfect ages like you said they're both they're all the same ages there's actually a few love letters coming your way (laughs) yeah I'm waiting (laughs) just for anyone listening we, we try to tell the two eldest that they're cousins because they're getting a bit closer at the moment we're not ready for it just yet when they're older totally not ready yet (laughs) but with your two young girls so what's been your 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 personal experience of motherhood like what surprised you what's challenged you yeah I always thought you know kids were fun (laughs) 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 and um 
and that they just were obedient and they just listened um, to you. That's what you used to do, didn't you, Marie? Did you get into the ensuite, did you? (laughs) Never. Never. Well, you know, mum and dad were around anyway. (laughs) Maybe that's the issue. But, yeah, I thought it's really interesting. Um, I've always loved kids and I do love my children. Oh, I love my children so much. (laughs) I do. It is really exhausting. I don't know um, how people have more than one. (laughs) I felt the transition going from uh, year one to two. Oh, my goodness. It's so hard. It is so hard and even more exhausting and challenging than ever before anything I've ever experienced. Um, But I think what surprised me... I was really excited to actually become a mum because I thought that certain relationships in my life, um, like even, you know, family, um, we're actually all spread out. We live, um, you know, I feel like miles away from each other. Uh, And I thought that by, you know, finally being a mum, I would have a really close relationship with some people that i didn't really have uh, not, I don't want to say connection or anything in common with, but I just thought once you have kids, you're like a part of this club that um, you can just connect with everyone and you'll see everyone more often. But I actually, I have to be honest, and I'm going to get a little bit teary. (laughs) Sorry, I actually felt really isolated. That's good. Like it's good that you're talking about yeah. this. This is yeah. Yeah. This is the stuff that people just don't say. Our expectations yeah. don't meet reality. Oh, and, absolutely. Yeah. And when you have a baby as well, um I think it's at your oh, your first uh maternal health nurse appointment, they throw you the papers of um oh, make sure you attend mother's group. And I waited for that. I was like, oh, yes, cool. Okay, amazing. I can join a mum's group and we're all going to be best friends. Hey, that's not the reality for some people. (laughs) And when I hear about other mums having amazing lifelong uh, friendships with, you know, their mums and mother's group, um, I actually get really jealous. I'm like, why did you have a good group and I didn't have a great group? You know, I just didn't find the connection with anyone at mother's group. And I'm the type of person that if I don't have that connection or interest straight away, I pretty much just write you off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm pretty brutal. I'm really sorry. Um, In the nicest possible way. But I'm like, if if I don't have that connection, um, I suppose it's different when you're a mum as well because you just don't have time to just fluff around. And that's what it is. Um, So, yeah, I went to mother's group. I went to two sessions and I was like, I just can't even have a conversation with anyone in here. Um, And I tried. And honestly, I give everyone the time of day. And I I think I'm really friendly. You Um, are so friendly. So the fact that you didn't find anyone to connect with is really interesting. I I didn't. I really didn't. Just not your type Uh, of people. And probably just the place, you know, the space that you were in at that time too. Exactly. And I found that hard. And, um, you know, I, I look at 
some you know, uh, other friends of mine that have had kids, but our kids weren't the same age. So we really didn't catch up. Um, their kids were at school, <laughs> you know, and they were back working full time as well. So I, I didn't even have them and I was miles away and mum and dad were miles away from me. So I had no family around. Um, and I, I have to say, because I've worked for myself for a very long time and I do have to say I was quite fortunate that um, there was a, a beautiful uh, client that became a friend, a very good friend of mine now, and we actually had children, our first um, kids, uh, I think it's about six weeks apart, and, you know, if it wasn't for her as well, um, goodness knows where we'd both be really, but, um, yeah, I find... I didn't realize that motherhood would be so isolating. And I actually thought I have, like I mentioned earlier, I have two older brothers and they have um, kids and yeah, love them to bits and they're great. And I just thought that we'd have an even stronger connection. Um, but the reality is again, our kids are different in age. So by the time I had my kids, um, yeah, like their kids are at school. So when I needed to catch up with someone, I couldn't even go to them because then, you know, they were working and, and their partners were working. So I couldn't really catch up with anyone. And I had to rely on just waiting once a week for mum and dad to come and, you know, visit. Or if I tried to get out of the house, you know, I felt the first three months was a real struggle for me to get out of the house because I couldn't work the bloody pram <laughs> for starters. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was a nightmare. This, so-called uh you know rolls royce of a pram it was terrible <laughs> i couldn't work it it was too heavy for me as well because i didn't realize that the pram came apart in two sections so you could put the base in and then the top half into the boot and it was so much lighter anyway um, I had the same yeah. thing. I couldn't oh. work out the pram and I ended up in the fetal position crying for an hour trying to YouTube how to do this pram. So I oh. always say to people, I'm like, work out your pram before you have yes. the baby because it is so stressful yes. with those hormones <laughs> as well. Well, I remember the first time going out and I went to the shopping centre and I got the pram out fine. That was okay because it's easy to actually unfold yeah it's getting it back down and I was crying in the car oh. and trying to get hold of my husband and to see if he was working around the area so he could come and help me put the yeah. pram back in the car but I was actually stuck at the car park for about an hour I was just lucky that my bub actually slept that oh, time in the so car good. otherwise I don't know what I would have done yeah but yeah 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 Oh, well, thank you for sharing all that, Marie. And yeah, I think that's really great. I think it's good to talk about how hard it is because that's just the part that people neglect to tell you uh, when you're pregnant or when you're yeah. getting excited that like, it's going to be hard and that's okay. It's so normal. That's what people yeah. need to be giving, you know, preparing people. Yeah. Um, yeah. so now I thought that we would talk about you and I feel like this is going to be a long <laughs> segment, this question. So we'll see how we go. Um, uh, because not only is skincare, you know, obviously your business, but it is a really big part of your day. So that is your self care. And I'd love to know a little glimpse into your skincare routine. Walk us through the steps, maybe just maybe 
I can see, I know that you do a morning and a night routine. I mean, Bruce always complains, Bruce is her husband, by the way, complains about that she's in the bathroom for 40 minutes. So just go through one of them. Okay. So skip the nighttime routine and just stick to the morning routine. Maybe tell us your morning routine. Very quickly listed off. What are the steps? Okay. All right. All right. Let's not take off another hour of the podcast in just. That'll be a whole other podcast. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, you know, look, I'm always cleansed first thing in the morning um, and I, I do have a range of products. I pop my eye cream on, I have a serum, I have a floral water that I use. Um, yes. Uh, and then, I, you know, then I go to, you know, putting on makeup as well. So that's another hour there. All right. Well, I really <laughs> condensed this, by the way. <laughs> you have. You've done this, this really quick. Really quick. I'm really conscious of that. People don't have time, okay? Um, but actually, I don't cleanse in the shower. Yeah, because it's not That's good. why it takes me so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually cleanse over the basin. Um, but that's that's probably another, another thing I can talk about at another <laughs> time as well. Yeah, so cleansing in the shower isn't good if it's too hot and then uh, you know, you run the risk of over drying your skin and then causing broken capillaries and all the rest of it. Okay, that's another segment. I've stopped uh, cleansing in the shower after you told me that. Oh, so fantastic. you've helped one one mum. Oh yay! <laughs> yay, that's really good to hear. I'm so happy about that. Um, yeah. And nighttime, nighttime routine. Okay, so this is where Bruce, my hubby, <laughs> will say to me, "So when are you going to go to bed?" I'm like, okay, and I look at the clock and I'm like, eh, okay, I should probably head to the bathroom now because then by the time I'm finished, you're ready to go to bed because we actually like to go to bed at the same time. That's just our little thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. We just like doing that. Anyway, um, so this will take me, it depends, it really depends, maybe 20 to 40 minutes at night. And that's ridiculous, isn't it? So again, I cleanse because I generally wear makeup every day. Um, I just love it. I've always loved makeup. So anyway, so I have to make sure that I cleanse properly and put all my lotions and potions on. So I put my serums on, you know, I use my floral water and my night oils and my eye cream. And then depending on what day it is, I'll do a bit of an exfoliation. And then depending on... Uh, you know, if it's not exfoliant day, but maybe it's mask day. So I'll apply my mask, but that actually doesn't take up most of my time because um, the mask I use, well, it's a basic motherhood mask and it's a quickie mask, two minutes. So that doesn't take up my time. It's the rest of my routine that does. Um, people probably think, what do you do in there? Well, I also give my face a bit of a massage. <laughs> Is this a spoon massage? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes if I forget the spoons, yeah, then I actually use uh, my hands, like my knuckles, and give my face a massage. But it's a really good tip because it, you know, brings all the blood to the surface of the skin and starts, um, you know, getting everything flowing, and it makes your skincare work better. But again, so you give yourself you a hand job, it, basically. <laughs> And you, you have shown this. We do have footage of this somewhere, so we'll yes. have to put it up. If anyone requests oh, yes. it, if you would like to see Marie's handjob. <laughs> oh, my 
<laughs> let us know. How, how embarrassing. Do I just take too much time in the bathroom? No, probably. No, that's 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 <laughs> awesome. That's your self-care. I just, you know, when you invited yeah. me over and you're like, oh, I'll be out in a minute, and it was like an hour later, and I was like, did she just invite me over to watch her kids so she could get all zhushed up in the bathroom? <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. If there's one thing that I continued to do when I had kids I made sure that they adapted to my skincare routine and my makeup routine yeah I was like well too bad um and I taught them from very early on when they're in the bassinet and I could wheel it into the bathroom and I was like too bad I need to continue to look after myself because if I can't look after myself and feel myself still you know I'm no good to anybody yeah. You know, you've got to let this mama have a shower because I actually, and I'm not picking on anyone, but I remember friends saying that they hadn't showered for yeah. two or three days or they hadn't brushed their teeth. And I'm like, really? Oh my gosh, I couldn't think of anything worse. Why aren't you doing that? I thought that that was just absurd. Um, but that was absurd to me, you know, because yeah. it's different for me than other people. But yeah. I'm just heavily into beauty and skincare anyway. No, but that's great. I think that's really setting a good example for your kids too, that like, you know, mum does need to look after herself and then after she looks after herself, she'll look after you, you know, and setting that expectation in in place is good. And even, you know, training your hubby to understand that too. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm pretty uh, sure like early on in the relationship, he was like, what is she actually doing? (laughs) I'm like, I'm not prepping myself for you, trust me. Uh, I'm prepping he, myself for me. <laughs> does he use any of the skincare? He does. Oh, yes, I can actually say that. And oh, is he'll he, kill me. Okay, he'll totally just, kill me. That's all right. We're talking about Yeah, that's exactly right. He does actually use it. Um, he finds actually the exfoliant really good for softening his beard before he shaves. Yes, um, yes and he so many that, dudes yeah, have said that. Yeah. Yes, and he finds it really helps um, when he lets like the growth go too long that he gets ingrowns. Yeah. He's like, I don't actually suffer from the ingrowns anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's because you're using our exfoliant. <laughs> of course. <You're laughs> Facing fatherhood. <laughs> Facing fatherhood, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so that was good. That, you know, your skincare routine, lovely, elaborate. But that's okay. awesome. So now I love this is my favorite question. What is a random fun fact about you? And I hope I don't know it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, oh, maybe I but, will. but I have I have a few random Just one, Marie. Just <laughs> one, one that you don't know? Oh no, that's okay. It doesn't matter because other people oh, don't know you. You tell your well, random fun fact. Oh, all right. Well, it's it's not really that. Isn't that fun? Okay, don't judge me, people, but we still own a fax machine and we still use it. Did you bring that <laughs> on the move? Yeah, of course. It's actually set up. Oh, my it's gosh. It's the phone line. Would you like to give out your fax number so you actually receive a fax? <laughs> <laughs> Susan? You know, it comes in handy when... Um, when? when? <laughs> yeah, well... Businesses still have fax machines. Oh my god! Did you find them in the yellow pages? These businesses. <laughs> Stop it! Well, you know, if you can't scan a document and you need to print it, and then they say print it, sign it, scan it, and email it back. I'm like, well, the scanner doesn't work. So can I fax it? And they're like, yeah, you can fax it. I'm like, yes, people still have a fax machine. <laughs> You're keeping the business alive, Marie. 
I am. Oh gosh. Do you own shares in fax machines? Is this why? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They'd love me. (laughs) Oh gosh. You're so funny. Oh gosh. Um, so that is a random fun fact about you. And now I've loved speaking with you and I always do. And I'd love to finish up. If people love you too and they want to go see you do (laughs) face massages and hear about all your tips, where can they connect with you? Where they can find you Yeah. Okay. So you can actually head to uh, facingmotherhood.com.au and check out um, our beautiful range and our equally beautiful faces on there as well. Uh, Yes. And also uh, social media, uh, Facing Motherhood, uh, both on Instagram and Facebook. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mamas on a Mission. If you did, hit subscribe leave a review or let's chat more on Motherhood Melbourne Facey or Insta page. If you're keen as beans to know more about my guest, the podcast or my podcast partner, visit motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with me.